Now on Giddy Up, it's It's time for the debrief with Dean Watling and Tom Haylock. Very wide out remark, even wider as nature strip. Back on the inside, Eduardo, and now the mare in secret's got a mile of room to go through, so it's Bella Nipatina picking up. It's remark in front of Eduardo. Here's Bella Nipatina running on within secret. Remark in front, going well. Remark clings on and wins the Concord, beating secret and Bella Nipatina. Then came Eduardo rocketing by nature's strip. What a race it was. Remark was successful as he put his hand up for an Everest slot, but it was the last time we saw. Two of the great warriors of the sport go to war in Nature Strip and Eduardo. Eduardo was retired yesterday, and I thought Chris Waller and Rod Lyons did um, terrific work there on Saturday after, afternoon to make that decision quickly with the retirement of Nature Strip. And then they had that media conference, and then we got a chance to celebrate the, the big chestnut um, and celebrate one of the all-time great careers. So let's welcome in the debrief team here on this Monday morning. Hello to you, DeanWatling.com. Good morning, Gareth, and good morning, Gunnar. G'day, Mickey Gannon. Morning, lads. Cracking weekend of racing. It only gets bigger and better from here. Just with the Concord, hats off to Chris Waller and Joe Pride for giving those two Warriors another chance to see if they can prove themselves at another campaign. And I think their their goals were trying to get into another Everest, but they tried and it didn't it didn't work. Um, it just wasn't to be. And then. They've announced the retirements of Nature Strip and Eduardo over the last 48 hours. And I think it's time now that we can celebrate both their careers, Dino. But Nature Strip for mine, what a what a horse, what a journey that he had. He, he started off, he was passed in, of course. No one wanted him. He was trained by Johnny Sadler, then went to Robert Smurd, and then went to Darren Weir, and then Chris Waller did a, a magnificent job with him, along with James McDonald and the Waller team, to get him to settle and get him out to 1,200 metres. I've got no doubt it was one of Chris Waller's greatest ever training performances. And he was nearly in every big dance for season after season. Um, he was some horse. He was a phenomenal horse. And him and Eduardo have given um, the racing fans over the last sort of five to six years um, some special battles between them. Outside of that, we, we all had felt like the whole of Australia took a trip over to Royal Ascot when he ran there. I don't think I've seen Twitter and, the racing community up so early to cheer him home. Um, and like you said, he hasn't been a straightforward horse at all. Um, he's had his issues. He's over-raced. He's done this. He's thrown jockeys off in barrier trials. But Chris Waller, a testament to him, he's got the best out of this horse. And when you have a quirky front runner like him, um, and same yeah. with Eduardo, you need him at the optimum best to be winning races when you're doing it from the front. You need toughness. You need to be brave. And most of all, you need to have speed. And both those champions did. The, they've won 11 group ones between them. And I'm just thankful. No, I think what you you made a good point there. Time to celebrate. And there was plenty of nothies, I'd suggest, on the weekend, boasting after the race. I told you we should have retired them. But um, I think they get the last laugh with $26 million between them. And I think it's time to celebrate them. They deserve to have one last crack. They are champions. And if they would have showed something, they could have gone on with a preparation gun. But um, it's been great over the last couple of years to see them battle. And um, it's sad to see them go. And our front running and sprinting stock's a little bit low. But... Um, it was great to see him one more time, Gano. Without a shadow of a doubt, mate. Look, you know, nature's chief, a real feather in the cap of Chris Waller and what he managed to do with that horse that, you know, used to over-race and didn't really be, enjoy being inside runners. It's just you know, a super story, you know, great narrative. And nature's chief came at a time where we needed a, a champion sprinter like Caviar, um, retired. Nature's chief came along and he did a job and Eduardo was there, you know, playing second fiddle for, for most of the time, sort of uh, like, you know, the black caviar days. Who was the, who was the, um, the gun? 
Haylist, the Johnny McNear had. And it's great, but you know we we see it in secret now come through, and gee, she was impressive. We'll touch on that, but they'll they'll keep coming. Don't worry, the the quality gallopers will keep coming. But yeah, it was really great to see, and I, I love the decision. I love the, the nice quick decision. We didn't have to wait all week to hear. We knew it was going to happen, and uh, hats off to to Waller and 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 Joey Pride there for the quick decisions they made. Let's have a look at the market for the Everest. Kiki kick three seventy with bet three six five. I wish I win five fifty. Think about it, six dollars. In secret, $9. She'll get the slot for Cadolphin. Imperatrice hasn't got a slot at $11. Shinzo goes first up to the Golden Rose, then back to the Everest of the 1,200 metres. A little bit like another Chris Waller three-year-old in Yes, 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 when he was able to taste success in that Everest. Amelia's Jules, 15. She's not going there. Remarks at $15. Cylinder at $17. And then Buddhist Notch at 17 Over past 20 to 1. Alcohol free at 26, private eye 20 to 1. What you need steps out, I think, at the Valley this Saturday. He's a three-year-old at $26. And then horses like Lost and Running. Um, do, do you think Remark Dino gets a slot after his victory in the Concord Stakes? I don't. My question would be a strong 1,200 metres. Um, yeah, you, you make a really good point. I think his win on the weekend was superb, and that's twice now he's done it over 1,000 metres. I think his two career peaks on my numbers have both been first up 1,000 metres. We know he's got that slight breathing issue, so maybe 1,000 metres suits him um, compared to a, a stronger run 1,200 metre race. Um, he obviously did have a good preparation uh, throughout the prep in the autumn, so I think he's obviously come back a little bit better. And um, he'd have to put his hand up for a slot for sure. And it's interesting. Obviously, Nature Street's retired now. What does Chris Waller do with his slot? Coolmore will likely take Shinzo. And that probably leaves Chris with someone to find or potentially a Lentia. I'm not too sure. But I think Remark put his hand up. That was a, a big win wide and kept coming, Gunner. Yeah, I think what we saw out of Alentia, I'd be shocked if uh, if it belongs there, Dino. It was really, really disappointing on the weekend. But I'd suggest that this race is wide open now, Gareth. Think about it is a horse that can be there or thereabouts. I'm looking for an on-pace runner. And I think in secret's probably the one over 1,200. She just lands there. She over, lands on speed. Overpass has to get a run now when you have a look at the map at the moment with the horses engaged in the Everest because there's just yeah. no – with nowhere Eduardo and Nature's Trip who used to put on the pace in these type of runs, there's just no Correct. pace, which is a concern for mine for a horse like I wish I win who definitely right. needs a truly Massively. run race – in an Everest. Yeah. What about so, Asphora, G? Do you reckon I'll send Asphora well, there? Like, Benedetta? There, there's like question marks regarding 1,200 metres. Like at Ascot, they took the punt with the 1,200 metres because yep. you don't need a, a genuine six furlong horse there in Perth around that tight circuit. Randwick's a different ball game because you've got to go up that rise. Um, and they think that she her sweet zone's 1,000 to 1,100. But they might have a look at the speed map as well and think, well, we might be able to get away with some sectionals here in an Everest if the horses that are in it at the moment. So um, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Hey, boys, we'll continue this conversation. I've got to take a break, then we'll come back and we'll get your thoughts as we continue to have a look at that Concord and see if we can set up a picture in a way um, regarding the Everest because it's going to get interesting with the eight remaining slots still to be filled there for that great sprint race in the middle of October. This is Giddy the Monday debrief, 0499736736 to join our conversation. Mickey Gannon, we're just having a chat about the Everest and some of the horses that put their hand up over the weekend. You had a thought there for us? 
Uh, I did, G. Um, but I can't remember exactly was what it was. For Benedetta? Clean bowl. Uh, <laughs> what were we talking about, uh, Dino? We talked about it off. We talked about horses on speed. So That's I think right. the horses yep. that we've come up to over the break, you obviously got your Marzouz, your Imperatrice, and potentially your Rothfires. Chrissy Nelson was big on the trial the other day of Rothfires, suggesting he'll be back. I think we'll see him this weekend. Um, but there's some speed horses, Gav. We just sort of suggested that the top four are probably locked in as probably the top-line sprinters. And below that, they're all very similar. So they're going to have to have good campaigns or put their hands up to, to get these remaining slots. So to be, it's all kind yeah. of fl- flooding back to me, G. Lost and running. J-Max suggested lost and running yeah. trial enormous. And he, his feed issues have, uh, have improved. You're getting pretty good odds around a horse that was well and truly in the mix. So you've, uh, got, the, you've got the premier stakes to come. And it's probably the only last basically attempt for these horses to put their hand up. Maybe a three-year-old from left field could put their hand up. You don't know. Um, so no shorts. Yeah, you got the shorts. So you got the shorts and the premier to come, haven't you, in Sydney? Um, you got the Moyer in Melbourne, but that's over a thousand meters. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Maybe a horse Just out of the Golden remark. Rose. Yeah, I will talk about the replays of Remark G. We'll come back to that. We'll, we'll come back, Mickey. It's nine o'clock in news time. Great to be with you on this uh, Monday morning, four minutes past nine. Gareth Hall, Dean Watling, and Mickey Gannon with you for the Monday debrief. So at the moment, lads, for the Everest, which way do you want to be going? Because you had I Wish I Win, who resumed, of course, over the 1,400 metres at the Memsey. He finished third on that occasion. Giga Kick goes around in the McEwen on Saturday at Mooney Valley, and that will be his first run back, this preparation. And then you've got horses like Marzu, who are yet to see. Um, Shinzo, who looks like he'll be getting a slot for Coolmore, goes around the Golden Rose, and then we'll go back to the 1,200 metres of the Everest. So right now, who do you want to be with for the for the Everest? We'll start with you, Mickey Gannon. Uh, two horses I want to be with, G. Shinzo would be the first one, and In Secret would be the second. Mate. Yep. Dino? Yeah, I'd be probably... I'd be leaning the way In Secret at the price currently. I think you can obviously... I wish I win well enough there. In Secret's the one with a little bit of juice, and I'd be saving the other half of the bet to see which three I'll put their hands up just because of the, the record they have, Gareth. What about in the Chelmsford? Because we had Monophilia that was backed off the map, but this was the Chelmsford there on Saturday afternoon. I think Ollie's just, you need to roll the, roll the tape number six, Ollie, if you can, because this was a great performance there from David Payne. Linderman's three lengths in front. Knight's order's gone. Navajo Peak giving chase in second spot. Followed then by Major Beal. Think it over. Modophilia. Who you Mal starting to run on? Getting a gap now. It's Linderman being tackled by Navajo Peak. Navajo Peak the outside of Linderman. Then came Major Beal. Think it over. Navajo Peak in front from Think It Over. May- Navajo Peak an upset. Navajo Peak so has Navajo beaten Peak, either David Major Payne Beale or all on David Payne's ex-horse Monophilia and Navajo Peak on Speed was given a peach by Chad Schofield. Major Bill, the Derby winner second. Think it over. Continues to run well since he's come back after that tendon injury. He was third. Linderman led them up to finish fourth. Hugh Yamel was good. Montefiore was back in sixth. Dino, what did you make of the Chelmsford? Yeah, I thought this race was hard enough going in. I think it's even harder coming out of it now. The time and the ratings out of it are poor. And I just think the race shape with which Lindemann set up just gave the back markers absolutely no chance. 
Um, on paper, there wasn't really any speed at all um, suggested Gano early out, but um, I'm not sure what to do with it moving forward. I thought Major Veal was probably the run of the race. Uh, sectionals was outstanding, and um, Manzois was really good from last. He's obviously a horse that's going to get better over further, but potentially Gano, they're all just looking for 1,600 metres plus now. Uh, Montefilia, uh, Mawanga, Dwayas, um, I found it a tricky race to review. Question for you, Dino. You, you have this sectional data in, in front of you there. To the eye, they didn't look like they were going that quick. What did it come out as? Yeah, exactly. I think you've summed it up well. They've gone about uh, minus 3.4 lengths, slower than the average to the six. So visually, it might have looked like they've gone a little bit quicker, but um, they've gone slow to the six and they've come home even. So there's the, the time comparatively, if you look at race four, race four's absolutely smashed them on the clock and that's a benchmark 94. So could be just the race shape gun over. Um, yeah, yeah poor. Well, I think I think what we can decipher from that is Lindemann was very disappointing given they've gone gone out slow it's had every possible chance and couldn't get the job done and then some of the better jockeys in the game have fallen asleep at the back there you know they've been beaten 2.2 j-mac montefilia uh, you know think it over whilst he's been beaten 0.49 potentially you could say he's had uh you know probably could have sat closer there with Nash. So I just think a few of the better jockeys may have just fallen asleep in this race, G, and it's a really hard race to profile, but you can probably forgive a few of them. Who your ma was big, Dino? I know you were keen on that run. I thought it was pretty impressive. Yeah, it was. I think it and Major Beal, they're the ones that are going to get 2,000 plus. So if you're going to follow any of them out of it, I thought they were strong for the line. Like you mentioned, the horses that were in behind, they had every chance to to probably run over top of the, the leader. You think it over... Uh, those sort of horses in the sweet spot. But once further back, they were just never in the race. And I don't think a horse can, any horse bar wings can sustain 800 meter gallop and run over the top. So they'll beaten by circumstances, I guess you could say, but then moving forward, it's just up in the air what you do. I think you can maybe trust the SP of Montefilia, uh, but outside of that, it just grazes me up moving forward. Yeah, you've got like Mel. I don't know where they're going, whether they're going to a Caulfield Cup, the Melbourne Cup, but he's $26 for a Caulfield Cup, and Adrian Bott's been bullish about him all preparation. Joaz, I don't think she could have done any more. She was down the track. Moanga's an interesting one. He's a stallion. We had two retirements there from the weekend. I wonder if they continue to push on with him, Dino, because yes. they, they had to weigh up whether they go around again, but he's had two runs that have been um, disappointing. Yeah, and I think it's a sweet spot, especially being a stallion. You don't want to go too long where his results drop completely off the page and then you've sort of got to um, refer back to when he was going good. And then I think that just damages potentially um, stallion prospect um, a little bit. But um, he's a horse who might just need 2,000 metres plus and, and to be yeah. at his best. So uh, I agree with you, Gareth. I have no idea where he's at. He's a bit of a head case and hunting-wise um, is impossible to catch. The tramway was taken out by... Zach Lloyd and James Cummings there on Saturday. Let's get the concluding stages of this race. Alencia starting to wind up, getting past going global. Palmetto's gone back to the inside, but showing a good kick. <clears throat> here, here is Pericles, kicking hard Pericles from Skyman. And then came Alencia, Zayrek, but Pericles is going to lead all the way. Beat Skyman, third between Zayrek so and Alencia. Pericles, hoping he just had to win middle, with the run that he had. Skyman second, hoping your heart the was the black book. I don't know about you boys, but that was a big run by that mare first up. And Alencia... She was caught wide and the race wasn't run to suit. So um, is it a forgive run, Mickey, or do you think that she was disappointing? Uh, she was definitely disappointing, without a shadow of a doubt. Could Can you forgive the run? 
Yeah, you can. You got bumped a couple of times down the straight by a stable mate going global. I'm sure Chris was happy about that. Uh, but Pericles just had the race run to Sue. Zapoid absolutely touched them up here. Just they went slow and dictated and, and was clearly um, one of the better rides of the day because no one else wanted to apply pressure and he just schooled them. Um, I'll tell you what, though, I, I'm following anything from this race is going to be hard. I, I granted, hoping your heart was good, but oh, gee, he is entitled to run on. I find it really difficult. I couldn't possibly be with Alentia if yeah. you're going to take that $2.63 all the price. It's just got to, it's just, it was pretty average uh, run for mine, Dino. Yeah, I'm probably a little bit more forgiving than her. She was three wide the trip, and I think the indecision early by McAvoy and then the, the slow tempo, they've gone around six lengths slow on the average to the six. So they've absolutely crawled, and I think that suited Pericles with a sit and sprint, and uh, Zach Lloyd's ridden that horse perfectly. And I think that's the only scenario in a race like this that Pericles would have won. I think any time they go harder in this, hoping you're hard, Alentia run over the top. But um, Alentia caught that massive check that you, you mentioned by going global right at the top of the rise, knocked the wind out of her and the wide trip. I'm just going to trust her SP and she's going to be a big one for me to, to follow next start. Hopefully we get a bit bigger of a price. But yeah, I agree with you. Mm. Outside of that, it's just a hard race to, to sort of look at. The speed wasn't there on paper during the week and then, there was absolutely no speed in the race, which you don't often see. Sometimes they do overcomplicate it, and no speed means they have a lot of speed race day. But um, good ride by Zach Lloyd. He's riding superb at the moment. Another horse, um, Pericles, there ran for him, Gareth. What about in that last race? Guards of Blanca never looked like winning until the final <laughs> couple of bounds. J-Mac lifted uh, him over the line. Um, J-Mac, I don't think he could really get busy hands and hills so he went he nearly went the mcdittman type of style in the last 50 or so with gaza blanca to get over the top of parade stromboli was third but i think gaza blanca that was a big effort for mine he'll be better for that run as well so um i think you can follow both those horses out of that race your thoughts there mickey yeah without a shadow of a doubt gee i don't don't think either of them really had any right to come over the top i don't think it was a very fast run race um, so they're both done really well. They're clearly a two horses to follow. The rest of them are, are, are yeah. inferior. Um, there's no doubting that. And uh, full credit to J-Mac because he got one over Nash and it's hard to do in the closing stage, stages to get one over Nash. Do you know? Yeah, it's it's what you pay for the J-Mac tax. I think the credit to him is he gets horses to win when they shouldn't win. Um, and that's a perfect example. Garza Blanca probably shouldn't have won that race, but J-Mac and his class and his his riding technique, albeit coming off a, an injury that the day before, he just stands up and that's what good jockeys do. And oh, I love that you see Nash and um, James look at each other post the line. It would have been a little bit of banner, but outside of that, I don't think it's a really a race I want to be following anything. Garza Blanca's maybe a little bit more upside than Perel, but um, outside of that, the race hasn't rated enough to, to want to follow anything. Now, the Golden Rose, I'm just having a look at the market here. Shinzo with Bet365, of course, the world's favourite online betting brand. Imagine what you could be buying instead for free and confidential support. Visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Shinzo at 450, Cylinder at 650, Militarise at 9, King Colorado at 11, and here's the filly, Tis Invincible at $11. Kamochi. Is she in the market here? I reckon she'll be suited out to the 1,400 metres as well. She's at $26. Now, um, who would you rather in the, the Golden Rose right now out of these fillies? Kamochi, she, she might get a better better speed up front, which will suit her in a, in a Golden Rose, or Tis Invincible. I'll start off with you, Dino. Yeah, I think uh, the easiest way to sum that up, we're going to be at Rose Hill. And when I try to decide between horses, I think the biggest factor is tactical speed. And Tiz Invincible has tactical speed. I think they're both suited up to 1,400 metres. But 
um, at, especially at Rose Hill, tactical advantage in running is massive. Cam Ochi doesn't really have that, where Tiz Invincible, we saw on the weekend, her tactical advantage uh, was purely what won her the race there. I think if Kamachi lands where she does, Kamachi probably wins. Um, so for mine out of the Phillies, I'd lean the way of Tiz. In saying that, Gano, I probably don't think the Phillies have the wood over the uh, the Colts just yet. I think the Colts are definitely a length or two in front um, going off the weekend and the, the previous runs. Yeah, I think he's invincible, clearly. Just tactical speed sums it up. Um, no speed, no early speed, no talent. Uh, Kip, you know, Kamichi will be the one that continues to fly over the top. And, yeah, I think you've summarised it pretty well. Uh, there, Dino, in regards to the Phillies, they're probably just a little bit behind. I'm really interested in the likes of a King Colorado as we head to uh, the Golden Rose, G. It's no surprise that wherever the blue and gold go, success follows at First Light Racing, firstlightracing.com.au. i got to check with Adrian Bott and Gabe Waterhouse, but wherever Just Fine is going, I want to be on. There was some terrific cup um, lead-up runs and rehearsals there on the weekend. I think Sulkin was impressive in Victoria and Just Fine. Like, I don't, What times did he run in, on your data there, Dino? Be because he did it all. He did it all on Saturday outside the leader on pace, and that turn of foot was electric to defeat Tazarel, who'd been low flying. He made Tazarel look second rate. You've summed it up perfectly. I think the form behind Tazarel's been good, so that's a tick for mine. And then you look at the, the rating, the race time that they've run, and it's superb. I just love his last 200 metres. I think. Looking at the race, you could have thought maybe he might be a little bit soft that last 100, but he was storming away, and that strength late. They're going out about uh, 1.9 lengths slower than the average for the six, but come home around three lengths faster than the average. So um, really good tick for mine, and then comes out and runs better time than the Chelsea. It all beat off a slightly different setup, but I thought that was the win of the day, and I think we've potentially found one, especially Gano going off the Waterhouse and Bot stable, who... They have them there to win first up, but those front runners, especially with their pattern, they improve a stack off that first up run, especially with fitness. So um, I thought Just Fine was the, potentially the win of the day. Yeah, it was pretty impressive. Just with uh, that, Mickey. Um, no, not. Sorry, Mickey. Yes, if no, he was in the Chelms for Just Fine, do you think he wins? No. Okay. I just I, I just don't view racing times that way. I just think different pressures, the way things go differently. Um. Yeah, no, not for mine. It's similar to the discussion we had in regards to the Everest. You know, you get some overpass going forward and, and leading, but does it mean that overpass wins? You know, it's just one of those things, G. But I think, hypothetical, who knows? Uh, we'll never know. But I think Tazarar was pretty impressive. I think it was 31 days. I, granted, there was a, a trial in between, but it was sort of back wide. I think it was pretty good. I suspect that that'll be a really He'll be a really good betting prospect um, next start. And I think uh, one in behind there, Gan Terrain, uh, yes, I think you pronounced that horse. That's a horse to follow. That looks like a genuine um, Melbourne horse Cup. coming through. Yeah, yeah so, I, I, wherever it goes, I want to be on. Very keen, that galloper. So Gan Terrain and Mr. Waterville, two Melbourne Cup maybe horses for Chris Waller. So you you thought that the Yearlong horse in Gan Terrain was better than Mr. Waterville? Yeah, definitely, without a shadow of a doubt. But in saying that, gee, you know, these these horses come along at different at, at their own pace. And you imagine Mr. Waterville probably looks like it needs a few more runs to, to get uh, near its best. And that could potentially be the better Melbourne Cup preparation. So it'd be really interesting to see how it plays out. But I think Grand Tur- um, Terrain will be the one that wins next out of the two. So if you go to the Metropolitan Market with Bet365, Major Bill and Just Fine, Sulkin won't be going there. He's at $11 as well. Which way would you lean towards the two Waterhouse and Bot train stays, Dino? Um, 
Good point. Oh, I'm not too sure. I'm probably on the fence. I Just think it's fine. Probably too far out. Just, what did Rachel I'll, say? Did you have a chat to her? Yeah, she was obviously impressed. It was a good ride. Obviously, that 16-round start, you got the entire back straight. So, they just idled up to him. And again, tactical advantage by that horse. So, I think it's a sneaky... It's overseas forms probably just around 2,000. Hasn't cemented a 2,400-meter win or form around that. So, I think that's the query. But any 2,000-meter race, I think you can definitely follow this horse and can make that progression straight into group class. So, um, it was impressive. And um, I'm definitely following. I think it's the horse to follow over the entire meeting. Mickey? Major Bill would be the one I'd take, G. All right, then. So Major Bill at $11 there. We'll take a quick break. 0499-736-736. Get your questions in. Got a couple of great prizes to give away today. 0499-736-736. So we'll take your questions next, plus our horses to follow. And we'll also ask the lads a little bit about Caulfield as well. Don't go anywhere. This is Giddy Up this Monday morning. All brought to you by Bet365, and this is the Monday Debrief with uh, Gareth Hall, Mickey Gannon, and Dean Watley. Great to be with you on this Monday morning. Gareth Hall with you for Giddy Up. It's 9.24. This is the Monday Debrief. Mickey Gannon and Dean Watling with me as well. Time for your questions. Say, fangirl Amelia's jewel, Mr. Brightside, alligator blood and light infantry all head to the King Charles. What camp would you want to be in? I think the only horse out of that that definitely won't be going is Alligator Blood. But apart from that, the others are still a chance. Amelia's Jewel, yes. Alligator Blood, no. Mr. Brightside, they're just weighing up a few things. I think Fangirl definitely will be going to the King Charles. That's her main aim. And Light Infantry is definitely going. I think at the moment, if that happens and it unfolds with those horses that listener has just mentioned, I think the King Charles, King Charles would be... A better race than the Everest, Mickey Gannon. Yes, certainly unfolding that way. And I think you're spot on, G. I can't wait. And just thinking about it, it's mouth-watering. Who would you go with? Absolutely no idea. So <laughs> to the, be honest, because it's all I can tell you is it'd be a super race. The, the market at the moment, we bet 3.65. And this is, once again, a genius idea from Peter Valandis, understanding what's happening, where he can think that he can like if he puts great prize money on what what horses he could get um so you got mr brightside at three dollars light infantry at four dollars fifty fangirl at 650 amelia's jewel at eight dollars alligator blood is not going there at nine zaki at 13 berkshire shadow at 15 militarize at 17 cascading at 17 think it over at 17 pericles at 17 um what a race it promises to be I hope Amelia Jewell goes that way. She's weighing up whether she goes there or the Turak. And, um, yeah, I think it'll be some race. I hope Brightside goes there. I think he's a better chance of winning a $5 million race like a like a, a King Charles than he is, say, winning a, a Cox Plate, Mickey Gannon. Do you know what I'd love to see, G? I'd love to see a pivot. And I want to see I Wish I Win go to the yeah, King I, Charles. I was thinking that, but there's 20, million, there's 20 million reasons why that won't be happening. Um but that mile run, like, guaranteed a guaranteed five is enough, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I think, as I said before, if Peter Moody, if they said to Pete, you can only run, I wish I win in one race, and he needs to win. Um, what would it be? I think he he would go down the, the King Charles. I think the miles is oh, his, without a his, shadow his of a doubt. Best, best trip. Um, a few more questions coming through. One of our listeners, Jace, is in love with Libertad. What about him for the Everestino? 
Uh, just a little bit concerned over that form line. I think he's, he's a good horse, but I think he was a, a perfect run in transit there first up, uh, winning uh, the San Domenico. He's potentially a horse. Uh, be aware of the unbeaten horse. You don't know their ceiling until they do get beat. So I couldn't turn you out of it at all. But I think probably we'll see the premier three-year-old step out over the next couple of weeks, run of the rows this week. Um, we've still got Shinzo. Um, we've still got King's Gambit. We've still got Militarise and a couple of others to step out. So I'll be keeping my power dry if I'm the listener. Mickey Gannon, this is to you. This is from James. Who do you think got the better three-year-olds heading towards a call for your Guinea, Sydney or Melbourne? Now, just... I generally like to entrust the Sydney form, G, yeah. as a rule. I think it's, it ends up being just a little bit more superior. I'm happy to have egg on my face there. So basically, the Caulfield Guineas is going to be one of the great races at the spring. Huge. So Militarise at 5.50, King Colorado at 5.50, takes on V8 and Shalite. Shalite was a big run there the other day in in the McNeil Stakes. So Shalite's at $8, V8 at $6. Dino? Yeah, interesting. I thought you, know, you summed up where Shalot was really good from the back. V8, he come off some poor trials and he's paraded poor, so I think he's got a stack of improvement to come. It's just weighing up and comparing those two. I think the one that I'm concerned about is Little Bros. They're two flat runs, and if you reference his first start run in the Vane Stakes, which is such a hard race to get a guide on, you'd suggest that maybe it hasn't gone as well as you wanted. You probably want a Little Bros to come out of that and win on the weekend, so interesting to see which way they go forward. Do you think they've got 1,600 metres now, Gunnar? Yeah, it's interesting. Just on the on the text line, Animo, Ollie Kirk, uh, Super Seth, the Autumn Sun. So what? Three out of would you, was Ollie Kirk a uh, was Hawks train? Was it a Sydney or Melbourne? Well, he did. Sydney. You know? he, he was. Sydney? He was a bit of both. He won a Golden Rose. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So three of the last four. But I, I'm yeah. It, it's just an intriguing. I think an intriguing race. I, I think that Sydney horses were very good. I thought V eight was super impressive though, Jeff. I had to follow a horse. Out of that meeting, V8 would be the one. Okay. That was a very, very good run. Little Bros, I think, suggested it, um, he's looking for the mile. Yeah, I think Little Bros definitely will be going to the Caulfield Guineas. They were weighing up whether he was a, a, a Coolmore horse or a Guineas horse. He's definitely a Guineas horse as we speak. He's a son of Perrincanto, of course. Um, I've got two horses that I think you can follow out of the, the meetings from a futures point of view. And we'll wrap up the debrief with this. Legacies will win the flight stakes, and Ozapenko will win the Maccabi Diva. Mickey? Um, yeah, okay. Good I'm getting there. I'm getting $5 <laughs> with Legacies in the He loves his future flight this morning, stakes. Don't you? Tis Invincible at five, Miracle Love at eight, Komochi at $8. That's the flight stakes on the 30th of September. And the Maccabi Diva for Ozapenko, I'm getting $13 still, Dino. Yeah, I think Ozopenko is your one there, G. I'm not, I wouldn't take the legacy. Sorry to interrupt, Dino. Yeah. All right, then, Mickey. Um, we can all have an opinion. don't have to agree all the time. Um, Dino? What's <laughs> that makes the game, brother? Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting in the weekend. I think that inside was inferior, which Ozopenko came from. And I suggest Waller Horses always improve a stack third up comparably to their second up run. So I can't turn you out of that. And you want to talk about horses to follow, G? Yep. I thought Tins Invincible was superb. I think her and Kimochi is the only ones you can possibly take out of the Furious Stakes. Outside of that, Rainbill is a really sneaky one from race three, back towards inside from Joe Pride. Alentia, following that SP profile in secret, was absolutely superb. She'll be hard to beat um, next start and in the Everest. And just fine was the big one to follow out of. Obviously, the market's found it, but I think they're the four Gano that I want to follow. But Dino, so you, you mentioned just fine. We want to follow it, but what race are we backing him in then? 
Yeah, well, I think the stable probably didn't have any idea how this horse was going to go, so they'll probably map out a campaign now. Um, so we're not sure where it goes to next start. Obviously, it probably goes up to 18 or 2,000 metres, so we'll wait for the stable come out and tells us, but um, not sure. So you can learn from G-Hall, um, Dino. So when you have horses to follow, you can, Ozapenko, Maccabi Diva, um, Legacies into the flight stakes, so we can have a punt, you know what I mean? I know what you're saying, yeah. but uh, <laughs> Tizzy Invincible is one to follow. Uh, what, follow we're gonna back, uh, where, where are we going to back her in the Golden Rose? No, we're going to back her in the flight states. We tipped that up before her first start run at 16. Now she's into a she short won't. price. I'm favorite, Invincible so. won't get 1,600 metres, mate. She's out of a half to Animo. Yeah, well, we can have a bet on that. I, I bet your legacy be... defeats Tis Invincible on the flight stakes. Oh, I'll, I'll bet you an SEN t-shirt that I haven't got yet that that happened. 100%. I'll, I'll give you more than that. I'll fly <laughs> you down to Melbourne to, to, to give you that t-shirt. Mickey, get it? Oh. <laughs> uh, lads, uh, Tazarel, next start, we'll get the job done. I have no idea where I was going, but that was just a benchmark 94. I can't imagine it'd be going anything higher than a listed race. Uh, Gantarian, uh, Terrain, I think is how we pronounce that horse. Yep. That um, is definitely the horse to follow from the Waller Yard, I suggest it, uh, third up. Second up might be a little bit flat. Third up is when we want to be on uh, it and V8. Wow, impressive down there in Melbourne. like to see where that horse goes next and how it lines up, but uh, we'd be keen to follow it next start. V8, one of the questions earlier on from, um, I think it was Dave regarding V8. I think it goes to the Caulfield Guineas. It's its main aim. And then, who knows, maybe Cox Plate, a three-year-old at the bottom of the weights, the son of Grunt. Yeah, yeah I, that's that's it. That's what we're looking for, and I'm happy to have a very small bet on 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 in the uh, Cox Plate. In the Cox Plate, why not just have something small? You don't have to be a bit big. I'm not sure if we've even got a prices out for that at the moment. You have to go scouring this morning, but uh, yeah. I think it's I think it's a good bet. Tommy just wants to know, amendable boys. It was a big run in the Memsey. It was an eye catch. It was a slowly run Memsey, so it made up a lot of ground the concluding stages, and those type of form races can be. Like sometimes they can catch you out a little bit because horses with the better turn of foot perform better, but amendable missed the kick. He should have finished a lot closer, Dino. Yeah, he was brave. He was super back to the inside and uh, the jockey report was super past. The only thing I would say is I think everyone's onto that run. So maybe comes up a little bit short next start, but um, really big win first up, great run second up, wherever it goes third up, which you can maybe find out for a scarf. Uh, amendable will be hard to beat. Yeah, it's not even in the betting there for the, King Charles. I'll have to have a look at that. And Step Party is something. What about Step Party, um, boys? The Paul Pariska train galloper. You've forgotten about him for the Caulfield Guineas. I guess we haven't seen him just yet, but we all know that he's got plenty of ability, Dino. Yeah, for sure. He'll step out soon. And hopefully, Dean Yendo obviously had a, an injury on the weekend. So hopefully, he's back to ride that horse. But um, yep, another one we can see. And I think his three year old ranks, it's building to be a really good season for this um, end of the year. We need a couple of good ones to step up. But I think over the next couple of weeks, we'll see them start to come out of the, the trials and the shadows and uh, really step up to the plate. Yep, $6 for that galloper there on the third line of betting for the Caulfield Guineas. We've run out of time, lads. It's been a lot of fun. We'll talk to you shortly, Mickey Gannon, for the bag of tips segment and also Dino enjoy your week looking forward to trial time once again love it lads thank you good on you that's that's Siri she said she didn't understand me which is probably (laughs) she's right on the money this morning Um, it's 9.34 let's take the news